Hey, this is future world champion Nathan Wilkinson, and you're listening to The Kings of the Ring. You're listening to The Kings of the Ring Podcast Network. Welcome to The Kings of the Ring. My name is Steve Tatai, the writer-director of your favorite monthly wrestling soap opera, a fictionalized and romanticized retelling of the 1980s wrestling wars, following the rise and fall of the power brokers of the sport, with a look into the sex, drugs, and muscles lifestyle of the 80s wrestler and the sacrifices they make for success. A big thank you to all the new patrons who have come aboard since Season 5 began, and I hope you're enjoying the benefits, not only hearing the extended edition episodes of the entire series, but hearing them a full two weeks before regular people do. Check out patreon.com slash kingsotr, and you also get to vote for your favorite scene of every episode. Kings of the Ring is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode will be rated TV-14 for profanity, and that's about it. After last episode's Hawkins Kitty revolting sex scene, we need to cleanse the palate a bit, yeah? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. Read it and weep, boys and girls. The beautiful one is the new world heavyweight champion. <laughs> no one thought I could do this, but I knew if I had the chance, I could prove I was the best in the world. And that's what this is. I beat everybody's hero, outlaw Jesse James. Oh me, oh my. He prances around in a circle, mocking the outlaw. I rode that bucking bull into the ground. I got on your back, Jesse, wrapped my legs around you. Delvo's face contorts in disgust. And rode you all the way to gold. Woo! And now I'm the champ. You cheated to win. It's a disgrace. Delvo, you better wipe that ugly off your face, you stinking pig-faced moron, and pay respect to the heavyweight champion of the world. You tell him, Miss Kitty. Miss Kitty and Barry Lovelace finish and walk off the set, where the Russians and Prince Abdullah await their turn. Barry bounces off, brimming with confidence. You're up, fellers. And they ignore him with grimaces on their face. All except Dimitri, who stares at Kitty with an odd look that she can't make out. She looks back at him. What's his problem? While Vladimir bumps his shoulder hard into Barry and keeps walking. Hey, what's the big idea? Barry and Kitty make it to the hallway. Gee, you see that? It don't matter. Anyway, Kitty, I've been thinking. Barry takes Kitty by both hands. I'm sorry I've been acting fool. Uh, I'm trying to say... I think I overreacted. I trust you. I believe you. Are you being serious right now? I am, Kitty. This year's been crazy. By the grace of God, Jesse made me world champion. Uh, and I'm so thankful. And that means you. I'm tired of playing these games. And I want you back. If you want to be back. This world title it don't mean nothing if you ain't here with me to share it. We're a team. Mary Lovelace ain't nothing without Miss Kitty. And Jack Porter ain't nothing without Catherine Walker. We are a team. I love you. Oh, Barry, I love you too. You have no idea how much I love you. I know, baby. I'm taking you out of town so we can celebrate. You did it, Barry. No, we did it. He hugs and squeezes her as he has no idea how accurate his words ring true. Kings of the Ring, episode 45, Fallout. Jesse J, you cross the Russian Reichhof and pay the price. We bury you in Russian flag, beat you within an inch of your life. 
And now, you like me, former world champion. Vladimir takes the mic, and you wonder who he's really talking about as he stares into the camera. You don't deserve to be champion. Look in mirror. You are fat. You are disgusting. You are embarrassment to wrestling. And the last man who should be the champion. I should be the... Ch- That's why we celebrate that you lose title. Jesse James, you are weak, like America. No more champion. And then come time and Tony Cold. You stick your big nose in our business. You didn't do a thing. You went after him. America is filled with people who get in others' business. Uh, just like your President Ronald Reagan in Iran. Easy now. America's filled with weaklings. America's filled with fools. And we will crush you all. All from orders from the Kremlin. All right, fans, uh, you can see the Rykovs on the 18th at Richmond Coliseum, and we'll be right back. That's a wrap. Vladimir stomps off the set and kicks in the door. Whoa, uh, what's going on? Something I said? Dimitri shakes his head in shame as the prince turns to Jay Delvo. No, no, uh, he thought they were giving belt to him. Oh, uh, well, I'm sure Jesse had his reasons for putting it with Barry, I mean... In the All-South offices in Dallas, Burt Ironside is on the phone with American Midwest Wrestling, Charlie and Nellie Gotch. We have to deal with these threats on two fronts. Julian Kane on one side, Daniel Hawkins on the other. Julian's turning up the heat, that scallywag. Moving all their house shows in the Midwest, in my territories, everywhere. But we're fighting back. We brought in the outlaws from Japan, and we're meeting them head-to-head everywhere. I've been trying to expand all South syndication. A long-standing offer to start airing in Boston. Boston? Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Maybe we'll run the dang Boston Garden one day. Fuck Julian. Yeah, that'll show him. All these dang distractions getting in the way. Bert, you heard from Michael. Oh, why would I be hearing from him? He's been out of New York since Empire Mania. What? Forget about that, Nelly. What's going on with your other kid? We read in the paper that Gabriel was arrested with Denny Wayne, covered in head to toe with drugs. Don't worry, Charlie. I got it under control. Just wrapped up an interview with the local news, clearing shit up. Uh, I don't know if the local news is going to fix that. Uh, it's probably the biggest breaking KVB arresting in years. He was buried in the back next to the butcher ads, but it was in the Milwaukee Journal. And if he was up here, that's probably in every goddamn paper across the country, and more importantly, the South. Really? Uh, well, anyway, it don't matter. I got it, trust me. Uh, we're making an angle out of it. <laughs> an angle? Yeah, they're eating it up, these reporters. Hmm. Uh, okay, Bert, uh, well, back to Hawkins. Did you see what that motherfucker did? He put the world title on beautiful Barry Lovelace. What? Are you shitting me? It's one thing to put on uh, Jesse or other guys, but Perry Lovelace. The hell's going on over there? How am I supposed to, to draw a house going head to head with Empire with a champ coming in as Perry Lovelace? I agree. That Hawkins gone too far. We need to put a stop to this. He's becoming a bigger problem than Julian Kane. Not so fast, Bert. No one is a bigger problem than Julian Kane. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Well, we can't just sit here. We got enough problems out. 
magazines comparing Barrow Lovelace to Thor Hansen. Let's deal with this now. We agree, Bert. We need to nail this now. We can conference call. Hang on. Daniel Hawkins walks into the SCW offices like Michael Jackson in the Billy Jean video, spinning around, whistling, chewing gum, and strutting. The secretary gives a puzzled look before telling him that Charlie Gotch and Burt Ironside are on the line. Hmm, when do we get <laughs> He steps into his office and sits behind his desk. Hello, Chuck and Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boys. Uh, just joking. Uh, what can I do you for? Beautiful Barry Lovelace, the New World Champion. What in the hell is going on over there, Daniel? Has Jesse lost his damn mind? This is unacceptable. You were already in thin ice, boy, but now you're proving unfit to hold that belt. As president of the World Wrestling Alliance, I am demanding that you and Jesse drop that title to a challenger of our choosing. Are you guys done with your lecture? Well, uh, yes, and uh, will you comply? My answer is no, and fuck you. What? How dare you? You listen here, boy. No, you two listen. I'm the fucking boss around here, not Jesse James, and not you two or Crenshaw. And if you don't watch it, I might just take over the entire World Wrestling Alliance. What? I, I never... Get with it, boys. I run this house, I run the champion, and therefore, I run the alliance. I own one, two, three territories, which means it's mine. So instead of sweating who I put the belt on, you should be more worried about your own kids getting arrested with Danny Wayne. How do you know about that? You've seen Charlie the Observer. Oh shit, it was there too. I tell you. And Charlie, you're the one getting hammered left and right with Empire shows. It doesn't change that we should have the belt back. No way. If anyone is unfit in this alliance, it's you two. Don't call me again. Daniel hangs up the phone and smiles confidently. <laughs> Who's the boss now? It's me, because I'm a bad mother. Ooh, shut your mouth. <laughs> With the production crew moving about a set, Thor Hansen's mammoth frame squeezes into a breakfast chair on set while a makeup girl touches up his face and Agent Daniel Daybreak hovers around him. So where's the bee? I should meet the bee. I beg your pardon? The bee, the, the fucking Honey Nut Cheerios bee. Uh, I'm a little nervous about this. I'd like to go over our lines. Ha ha ha. What? Pa, it's a cartoon. What's a cartoon? The bear. It's not real. They edit the cartoon in later. It's a commercial. We're just shouting, yeah. Oh, uh, I knew that. I meant something. So when does Predator start? It's coming up, but don't lie. Okay, the deal's done then. So how much are they paying me? I'm still working on that. Uh, they said they want to bring you in first. To audition? Yes. Can you believe it? I told them, do you remember what Rambo did? Thor brought in millions of wrestling fans into those theaters that didn't give a shit about Sylvester Stallone. He doesn't have to fucking audition. Really? Um, I mean, uh, I don't mind going in. Is it with Arnold? Hell no. No, it wouldn't. Thor, fuck it. 
It's just a move. It's just part of negotiation. That's all they've done. And I'm not biting on it. You sure? Yes, Thor. You're a rising superstar. The final pay is to Predator. Schwarzenegger knows that. And they all love you. Joel Silver is just making you jump through hoops as a power play. It's not going to work. Not with Daniel Daybreak on your side. Well, but I really want this part. And you'll get it. You're perfect for it. Well, um, uh, let me know as soon as you know, and, and I'll tell Buddy and Louie to make sure my schedule's free. I mean, um, maybe let them know I can audition. Sure thing, babe. Now let's get this commercial done. This is Honey Nut Cheerios, baby. And that's big time. And who got it for you? Daniel Debra. Yeah. Vance Armstrong is waiting on the curb outside the Bonaventure Hotel in Los Angeles and steps into a limo, wearing a giant red suit with purple tie and the sleeves cut off. The limo pulls up in front of him, where inside is Julian Kane. I know I didn't tell you much other than to fly down here from Calgary and to wear that suit. We're going to the Man Chinese Theater on Hollywood Boulevard for the movie premiere of Cobra. Vance's eyes get wide. Really? I've never been to one of those. That's for the stars. Soon enough, you will be the star. Thanks, Julian. Sylvester Stallone personally invited me and Thor Hansen. I thought I'd swerve everybody and bring you instead. But there's the premiere and the MTV after party. We'll see if you can turn a few heads. Give him something to talk about. Vance nods. And by the way, uh, don't talk tonight. Act like you don't even speak English. What? I'm thinking about debuting you in the ring as a Russian. Or an American hero. But I haven't decided yet. Whatever you say, boss. As promised, Julian indeed shows him off. They walk the red carpet where photographers don't recognize or even care about Julian Kane, assuming he's a studio exec or movie producer. But Vance Armstrong definitely draws attention. Without even knowing who he was, they took his picture anyway. It was such a success, Julian wasn't even offended when they told him to move away from Vance for their shots. Later that night at the big MTV party, Julian Kane stands beside the towering Vance Armstrong, who wears oakley blade sunglasses and stands stoically, perfectly masking his nerves, being around all these people who he's only seen on movie sets while he was doing stunts. It's very uncomfortable being on this side of the velvet rope. Hey you, Julian. Sly, good to see you again, my friend. You know I was expecting Thor Anson, but uh, looks like he did one better. Who is this gay? He looks up at the six-foot-five-inch superhero. Vance is nervous and gladly remembers his role as a mute for this evening. This is Vance Armstrong. My latest discovery, he's gonna take the world by storm. You ain't kidding, Julian. I've been hearing people talking about you two all night. You're stealing my thunder. You're still the star. Maybe you can take him on in the ring. <laughs> I think one match was enough at Empire Mania. Consider me retired. <sighs> So what'd you guys think of the movie? It was good. Uh, scary, even. And you look cool. Believe it or not, this was originally Beverly Hills Cop. They brought me in and was going to be more serious and action-oriented, but uh, the studio went another direction with the cap. But I took my ideas and made it into Cobra. It's going to be a monster hit, Sly. I know it. Top Gun isn't going to last. You'll blow them out of the water in no time. 
Hey, uh, things going okay with Daniel Daybreak and Thor? Yes, of course. All right, uh, good. Why? Well, uh, you know, I just hear some things about Daybreak. What do you mean? What kind of things? You know, things. I uh, just hear things. Uh, I gotta go. Uh, have a good night, gentlemen. Stallone walks away, leaving Vance and Julian in the dirt. Vance looks down at Julian, who's lost in thought, looking pissed. I hate when people say shit like that and don't explain what the fuck they're talking about. I'm gonna be thinking about this all night. And by the way, that Cobra movie was the shits. Top Gun was epic. Now let's go. Vance smiles. As they stand on the sidewalk waiting for their limo without anyone else around, Julian congratulates Vance. You did it. Great work. Relieved that it worked and can finally express it. That was totally awesome. Yes, Vance. And this is just the start. Because I know I can trust you. You're no stooge. You're no mark. You're loyal. You know what I'm giving you. I can count on you, Vance. You're my number one. You hear me? You're my number one. Whatever you say, boss. Getting the ring will return back back after leaving messages. This beautiful southern mansion is home to the world-class cuisine of Anthony's in Atlanta. Tonight, we're secretly replacing Anthony's freshly ground coffee with mountain-grown Folgers crystals. Will it be rich enough? Rich. Rich tasting. It has a, a good taste, a good aroma to it. It's Folgers crystals. Is it instant coffee? Really? I would swear it was brewed coffee. A very good coffee. Excellent. Mountain-grown Folgers crystals. Coffee rich enough to be served in America's finest restaurants. But now return to the Kings of the Ring. Nellie Gotch, with clipboard in hand, strides down the arena hallway with Father Charlie lagging behind. Dad, I want you to see this. Come on. We just slow down. The Olympics are over, for Christ's sakes. I'm not even running. Just hold your horses. I get there when I get there. Come on, this is it. Nellie makes it to the curtain entrance to the arena floor, where Tex Harper and Yosemite Smith are waiting, waving their arms around, getting warmed up. Nellie turns to them. You boys ready? You know what to do? Yep, we got him, Nellie. Finally, Charlie catches up, all out of breath. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> now watch. <laughs> and here are your winners, Shark and Buzzsaw, the Apocalypse. Now. Tex and Yosemite burst through the curtain and the gotchas watch. The apocalypse beat down their hapless opponents after the bell, and the Texas outlaws crashed the ring and beat on them from behind, whipping and choking them with their bullets. Fans have never seen them beaten down like this before. Ever! Bad, bad Leroy Brown limps into the locker room. Sweating profusely, plunks down in a steel chair and puts ice on his knees. Hollywood buddy Melrose, in his dress shirt and sleeves rolled up and slacks, sits down on a bench nearby, looking him up and down. Look at you. Fatter than ever. Completely blown up. That match was the drizzling shits. Leroy raises an eyebrow. 
You always is good at pep talks. No wonder Charlie fired your ass. I've seen you in your prime, Leroy. You were glorious. Lean, muscular, and handsome. That wasn't that long ago. What the hell happened? Do we have a problem? Leroy sits up in his chair like he's going to get up and fight. Buddy waves him down. Leroy, I'm being serious. What happened? Leroy takes a moment to figure out if Buddy is being for real or not. Well, if I had to put it on one thing, uh, it's my knee. I can barely move it. It hurts like a motherfucker all the time. And I can't lift weights at the gym like I used to. But I'm still working and putting food on the table. And there it is. You're working. You were supposed to get surgery on that knee, weren't you? Yeah. And why didn't you? I would have been out a year or more. I can't afford to take that time off. You know how it is. You don't work, you don't eat. Did Julian tell you to skip that surgery? Not in so many words, but uh, he said don't bother coming back if I'm gone for a year. Buddy shakes his head. You know that wouldn't happen in the NFL, the NBA, even NHL or baseball, right? I don't know. Uh, I only know this. It wouldn't because they have a union. A sports union protects the rights of the athlete. To threaten your job if you get surgery? It's not right. You know that isn't right. I mean, it's harassing just the way it is. They have us so beaten down, we accept anything, don't we? No, Leroy. It isn't right. I'm in the Screen Actors Guild, and they can't do that either. It's what the unions are for. I don't know unions. I only know my old man was in one at the factory. But I don't know nothing about sports. Buddy leans in and talks quieter. Yes, but all major sports leagues have a union. Except wrestling. What would you think if wrestling had a union? Are we getting one? We can, if we fight and stand together. But what if I get fired for wanting this? If we stand together, they can't fire everyone. It's how all the other sports did it. It works. Leroy thinks and nods his head. I've been observing a lot of things how Julian has been operating, including payoffs and a lot more than just your surgery situation. The boys are definitely getting the shaft with this. Give me a little time. But if this goes down, can I count on you? The boys will follow you, Leroy. They idolize you. As long as I keep my job, then yeah. You'll keep it, and it'll be better than ever. At the Civic Center in Greenville, North Carolina, Prince Abdullah is at ringside being interviewed by Jay Delvo. You're here to introduce the Rykoffs for their match, but you need to answer for last week. Answer for what? For what you and the Rykoffs did to Diamond Donnie Gold. He was here to talk about his fan mail and his future and... Who cares? Nobody cares about Donnie Gold. I knew you attacked him unprovoked. It was despicable. The guy could barely walk. Look at me. Look at me, Delvo. And look in my eyes and understand this. Don Gold was in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's not our fault. Not your fault. Give me a break. And if Donny know what's good for him, he will go back to his mansion and stay away from professional wrestling. He cannot handle being with real Russian men like Vladimir Rykov or Dmitry Rykov. He cannot... Diamond Donnie Gold walks out in his suit and without his cane, but still a noticeable limp. He gets right in Abdullah's face, pointing his finger. 
Slaps Donnie. Donnie slaps Abdullah back and they start brawling when Vladimir and Dmitry Rykov run to ringside and pound on Donnie. Oh, right on, I'm back fans. The Russians and Abdullah have pushed Donnie Gold into the ring and they're putting the boots to him. Oh, now Dmitry and Abdullah holding him up and there's the Russian signal. Come on, that's enough. Someone has to stop these Russians. Oh no, they're picking him up again. Oh, but this time Vladimir is wrapping that chain around his arm. He's going to hit him with another signal. Oh no, please don't. Donnie can barely stand. Oh my god. Is that... It's Jesse James. With a baseball bat. And the Russians clear the ring. Vladimir staring back in. Abdullah having to hold him back. He's a monster. He doesn't even care he has a bat. Jesse James is standing above Donnie. Protecting him? I can't believe my eyes. After all these years, Jesse James is... Saving Diamond Donnie Gold? This plane crash has changed everything! Some arrests in New Mexico found local wrestlers, Gabriel Angel and Denny Wayne, arrested together despite them wrestling against each other earlier that night in Laredo. The owner of All South Wrestling and father of Gabriel spoke with KTVT and revealed that the family is quite distressed about the situation and tried to explain this unusual circumstance. Yeah, we're all torn up about this. It's an embarrassment to pro wrestling in our family. After the matches, my son had a few drinks. Then Wayne and his tag team partners found Gabriel, and I'm embarrassed to say this, but he was inebriated. They jumped him in the parking lot, uh, unable to defend himself from, from all the drinks they'd had. I threw him in their car and drove him across the Texas border. And thank God above, the police pulled him over as they may have saved Gabriel's life. Now, we will be fighting these charges as Gabriel is innocent. Uh, he does not use drugs, and investigations will no doubt discover these were Denna Wayne's drugs and not Gabe's. Now, we have prayed on this and decided as a family to not press kidnapping charges against Denny Wayne. And we will settle this Texas style in the ring. But Denny Wayne will not get away with this. Um, wow, that's uh, quite a story. At the Four Seasons in New York City, a room is set up with a single movie camera and lights, with a half dozen chairs facing a plain backdrop. Behind the camera are producers Joel Silver, Lawrence Gordon, and casting director Jackie Birch. Please, please, uh, come in. Uh, these are the producers, uh, Larry and Joel. Uh, the director, McTiernan, isn't here, and, uh, and Arnold isn't here either. Uh, but thanks for coming. Uh, we're in a bit of a crunch, but you look great. As we said over the phone, it's not a huge part, uh, but you're part of a, a team, so you will get lines. 
See, we're looking for, for larger-than-life uh, men of action. And just looking at you now, uh, you certainly fit the bill. But we basically need a couple lines from you today. That's what we want to get on tape. You read the script? Okay, now, I'll do the other part. Now, remember, you're in a firefight. So, whenever you're ready. <clears throat> that son of a bitch is dug in like an Alabama tick. Uh, you hit. Uh, you're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. Joel Silver and the others look at each other and nod. Uh, what's your wrestling name again? Corporal Punishment, sir. Corporal Punishment, of course. Joel Silver steps out of his chair. Uh, thanks, Jackie. Uh, what's this? Uh, uh, Jerry, Jerry, I think you're going to be perfect. You start shooting in Mexico next week and you can do that, right? Uh, you don't have any uh, wrestling matches? No, sir. My schedule recently cleared out. Jerry sits in his crummy apartment, eating a tub of ice cream, watching Tony Danza and Judith Lights on Who's the Boss. Come on, Tony. Just keep working on her. You'll get to fuck her. I know it. Jerry sighs as he worries who might be calling now. Hello? Jerry, it's Nigel Davies. Nigel? Uh, uh, how you doing? He puts the ice cream down and wipes his mouth and straightens out as if Nigel could somehow see him. I'm fine. Uh, did Julian cool off? Uh, are you offering my old job back? I mean, I'll do anything. I just want... I'm afraid I can't get your job back, Jerry. That was Julian's call. It's done. Oh. However, I have another opportunity for you. This isn't wrestling, but I'd really like you to do this. And I do believe you'll do well. This might even be better for you. Really? What is it? But it is time-dependent. You have to act quickly. Because if you don't, then things will revert back to how they were. Huh? Someone needs to learn a lesson. And, uh, anyway, never mind that. You need to get yourself to New York City tomorrow. Now, I'm arranging this, so you have to do this. And I know you'll do well. Uh, yes, Nigel, uh, thank you. Uh, I'll do anything. It's a small part in a movie called Predator. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Bert Ironside snores away like a chainsaw in the night, quite content on how he handled the Gabriel Denny situation on the news. Who is this? Fucking long distance. What'd you say? You heard Chris Stanley and Peyton Thomas talking about Highlander and Peyton explaining to Chris why he's going along with Burke's story, and you're listening to the extended edition of The Kings of the Ring, available exclusively on Patreon. If you did not hear this scene, you're listening to the Worldwide Theatrical Edition, and we invite you to become a patron where you will hear the extended version of Season 5 and the entire back catalog. Please visit patreon.com slash kingsotr. Please visit patreon.com slash kingsotr all the other benefits. Thanks again to our guest voices, again featuring the legendary Lanny Poffo as Vance Armstrong in this episode, and thanks to the Monosports Media production and editing team, and of course, you the listeners. <laughs>